Hey everybody, this is Pierre Quinn, and you're listening to episode number 100 of the Leading While Green podcast, where my mission is to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. On this episode of the podcast, I'm catching you up on my life and leadership journey. Thank you for taking a few minutes to listen in and listen up. And I know it's been a few weeks since we have been together because I've had some major shifts in life some major shifts in leadership and I wanted to catch you up to what has been going on. So I guess I'll start off by saying I quit my job. Yeah, I I, I quit my job. I walked away from my church after three years of pastoring a a congregation in the Washington DC area, seven years total of being a pastor four in Kentucky and then three in uh, close to DC. And it was it was time for me to go. So a person of faith uh, just really felt like strongly this was the next direction for life and ministry and leadership for me. Really felt like this is the direction that God wanted my life to go and, and with my family and, and talking with some mentors and friends and counselors. This was this was the next step in the journey. So I walked away bittersweet moment when I told my congregation that it was time for me to leave after three years, really short time. And historically, this is a church that people stay at for years and years. But after three years, uh, we said we were transitioning and I'll put a link in the show notes, show notes to the video that my church made for me uh, leaving heart, man, tearjerker, bittersweet. I haven't seen the whole video. Couldn't get through it. Still can't get through it. Even after uh, several weeks, still can't get through. It makes me makes me tear up. So not not ashamed to share that with you, that when I watch this video and think about the times we've had over three years and the memories and the things that we've done. Make, makes me tear up a little bit. I think one of the things that also made it harder was realizing that it was just getting to the place where some amazing things were on the horizon for the church and and incredible opportunities that that we were seeing developing and it's and it's always hard to make a transition during during that time and it was really a situation that people don't walk away from in in our denomination and in pastoral ministry in general when you have a situation like that people just don't walk away but i told people well i told the congregation that there's this is not a scandal this isn't something on the side there's no money missing there's no dark, ominous cloud hanging over that that forced me into a corner to resign or I would be fired. It's nothing like that. Just having a clear impression, a clear sense that this was the next part of the journey for me and for our family and what we're looking to do. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that I am an author, I'm a speaker, a leadership coach, a trainer. I have my, my company, The Cardell Group which focuses on emerging leaders and helping emerging leaders courageously begin the journey to personal and professional transformation. I've been doing that for a couple of years. I've been speaking uh, for several years, but started a company a couple of years ago. And it was it was time to focus on life and ministry from just a different perspective. It, It was a thing really where I needed to have more time available to do to do this type of work and this type of ministry and this type of supporting people. I remember uh, a recent speaking engagement 
in July. And I talked about this on the podcast previously where I did a keynote for a group in Vegas in July. And I remember walking off the stage and having the pro one of the program coordinators say to me that this was one of the best presentations that she's ever heard. And there were tears in her eyes. And she looked, she said she looked forward to working with me again in the future. And on the stage, I was talking about my, my courage journey. I was taking excerpts from my book, leading while scared. If you don't have that book, I check out prcquin.com slash scared uh, to get a copy. And I'll put that in the show notes. I think that's right. I think, I mean, I I wrote the book and set up the link, so I should have it right. Right. Uh, So check the show notes for that. I was giving excerpts from my book, leading while scared and just talk about my professional journey and how there were just some chances in life that I didn't take because I was scared. Some opportunities, doors had been opened, put in a place to succeed. But because I was scared, I didn't take those opportunities. I didn't take those chances. And in some areas, maybe still kicking myself a little bit for it, because sometimes we hope and we wish and we pray for certain things to happen. But then when they happen, sometimes we don't display the courage to walk toward the door. Uh, that's open. So I remember sharing that in the keynote and 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 having that experience and then having this still feeling this still having this feeling in the back of my mind that there was there was a part of my journey in which I need to needed to be courageous. And that was transitioning from full time pastoral ministry and pastoral leadership to figuring out what ministry looks like in the context of my own entrepreneurial venture with the Cardell group. So we did it. And it's not just uh, we woke up one day and said, OK, my wife and I, this is it. We're leaving. We're leaving the job. We're leaving the church. This is it. Uh, it wasn't that you, you got to understand that that I've been speaking and teaching for a long time. And this is uh, pay very close attention to this. If you are in a space where you feel like it's time for you to change. Uh, I've been speaking and teaching for a long time. I've been a professional speaker in terms of people actually you know, paying me uh, to speak. And, and and I'm not talking about preaching in churches. I mean, organizations, schools, corporations, nonprofits pay, paying me to come in and speak or train with with their team. I've been doing that since 2013 as a paid professional speaker facilitator. So I've been doing this for a while. On top of that, I taught college classes for almost a decade, introduction to public speaking, interpersonal communication, business communication. So I've, I've had that experience in the classroom teaching and you know, walking hundreds, probably even thousands of students, uh, walking them through the process of becoming better communicators. So I have that ex- that experience. So it wasn't just say, saying, oh, OK, I'm done and I'm going to try to figure this thing out with no with no idea of what to do next, because I had these professional experiences under my belt. And and that was that's something that I'm leaning on those experiences very heavily right now. So if you feel like it's time for a shift or change, and I know I know we love motivation. I love motivation. There's some sometimes I even categorize myself as a motivational speaker. I love motivation and telling people that they can do it and and get started and take a leap of faith and you just got to move. But but I always season my motivation with practicality. And this journey for me as an entrepreneur, uh, 
is based on things that I've been doing, experiences that I've been having, the developing, working that muscle as a speaker, as a facilitator, as a coach, working that muscle of presenting to corporations and to uh, schools and to nonprofits, been working that muscle. So now I'm just working it a little bit more. And I know some of you are irritated about your job, about your opportunity. I know you're irritated about your position, but to just quit and not have any guidance or direction on what you're trying to do is is not the best thing for individuals to do. You have to have some sort of idea of the direction that you're looking to go and what you're looking to accomplish, because, I mean, you, I'm, you still got bills to pay, right? You still have you, you still want to eat as well as as Grant Baldwin, a, a person that I listen to, I'm going to have on the podcast. Uh, says he likes to eat and live indoors. Those things are very, very important to him. So it's very important to have a strategy or plan, especially when, when you're looking to pivot or even change jobs and not just move you know, willy, willy nilly and all crazy without some sort of idea. So when I told my church that that I was leaving a pastoral ministry, full time pastoral ministry, a, a lot of people said, yeah, that makes sense. And they were saying it made sense because they had seen evidence in his book, The Call by Oz Guinness. I'll put the link to that book in the show notes. I've mentioned it before in his book, The Call. Oz Guinness talks about how uh, the community that you spend the most time with, uh, the community that you that you hang out with and fellowship and grow with, that often your community identifies and supports your giftedness, your calling in a specific area, uh, sometimes before you do. And if if your giftedness in a certain area hasn't been recognized by the community in which you spend the most time, uh, you may have to do a bit more soul searching. And that's not saying the community always gets it right, but it just talks about how the people closest to you should be able to see the thing. Uh, that you that you're that you're leaning toward. They should be able to see your proficiency and 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 come alongside you and support you on that journey. So that happened to me. That happened to us. And when we made the announcement that we were we were leaving pastoral full time, oh, I had someone put it this way: I'm leaving congregational ministry. I'm not leaving. I'm not. I'm still a pastor. I still have the credentials. I haven't walked away from that aspect of my life, but I'm leaving congregational ministry. I'm, I'm walking away from leading a congregation. So still, still preaching, still working with churches, still training church leaders, still doing traditional church things. But but my in terms of my time dynamic, more of my time now was spent with the Cardell group and this work of helping emerging leaders leaders grow. So so this is where we are. It's, it's a bittersweet, sweet moment. I remember after it happened, I, I got tons of phone calls and text messages of people asking why and am I sure? And then I got tons of calls and text messages from individuals saying that they were proud and that they were excited and they were supportive that they had an idea that they wanted to try and they wanted to get my advice and my perspective on things as they tried to push forward. Uh, many of them, you know, with no desire to leave their churches per se, but wanted to approach life and ministry and leadership from a different perspective. And so I was able to encourage so many people on their, on their journey and, 
And it was it, it was really good to have that experience because you know the fears associated with this, just the fears of 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 culture, of how people respond, of you know what will your parents say, and all of those things are fears, and the fears that get to a lot of us, and a lot of times we are struggling with fears of responses from people who honestly don't really care. They're not really concerned about us. I mean, part of me was was thinking there was going to be some huge backlash, but the things go on. I mean, people have lives, they have things they're trying to do, and it's not that deep. And even if you're a topic of conversation for a little while, life continues for the most part, and people go on and go about about their business, and people don't think about you as much as you think they think about you, because for, for a lot of us, it's just not that deep. So that allowed me just to refocus and, and to recalibrate on this journey and and to keep going. So full time leadership development work. We're talking keynotes, workshops, seminars, coaching. This is what I do for both for both leaders in in sacred spaces and in churches and for leaders outside of the church. And it's been a very, very cool experience doing that, uh, doing that often on for a couple of years. But now doing it full time is a really, really, really cool thing. So just 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 asking, you know, just support and your support by listening to this podcast is really, really, really cool. And I appreciate you for doing that on this particular journey and and listening to the podcast and sharing it on social media and all the emails and posts and support on, on Instagram and on Facebook. I, I'm really appreciative of those. So just want to encourage you, want to encourage you to keep going. And this isn't a a, a clarion call to quit your job. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. For most of us, we won't make that shift to being an entrepreneur. We'll stay uh, in our jobs and there's nothing wrong with that. And there is a section of life in which you're called to make some sort of pivot or change. I know it's holiday season. It's gift giving season. I know, you know, I'm going to encourage you. To, I'm going to say things like get people a copy of, of my book, Leading While Scared especially the leaders in your life, get them a copy of that. Uh, get a coaching package for them as we as we transition from 2019 to 2020. But but here's the thing. The best thing that you can do as a leader for the people around you is to continue to work at becoming a better version of yourself. Like that's the best thing that you could do. That is the very, 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 very best thing that you could do. And and. To do that, you have to figure out what are the things that you need to quit. There are some things that you're going to have to quit. There, there's some habits, there's some practices, there's some mindsets that are going to have to change. And people are looking for you to make that pivot. And once you make that pivot, you will see how they will begin to make pivots as well. So I'll put up a picture on Instagram and I'm going to put up a picture on Instagram of my dad and he's smiling. He's smiling because we're, we're at his one of his live events, my dad wrote a book entitled What I Miss, uh, Rules, 12 Things That 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 re- Really He Missed About Life and Leadership Growing Up in a Family Business uh, that he helped put together. And I'll put, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. For the longest time, I, I told my dad about writing a book about, about his experiences, about teaching a class, about having a workshop, about doing live events to train entrepreneurs to overcome some of the same challenges that he faced. And and my dad just kept saying, I'm not sure. I don't think I have enough to say who will listen. The normal fears that come in all of our heads. So a part of my push for the most part 
man, at the beginning, at least was was proving to my dad that it could be done, proving to my dad that you could write a book and that you could create digital products and and that you could get people to come and hear you speak and share your knowledge with the rest of the world and that you didn't have to be famous to do it. So there's this picture of my dad that I'll put up on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. Pierre Quinn is my Instagram handle of my dad smiling. And I haven't seen my dad smile like that in years. And just the sheer excitement of being at his own live event, selling his own books and his own curriculum for entrepreneurs and and just doing it, being being able to do it and see it come to life. And and we had a conversation afterwards and he said, you know, part of this is because I've watched you do it and you helped me walk through it. So I think about all the people that I've been to been able to connect with, inspire and support on a small scale because I've been moving forward with with this whole courage journey and following the journey of my particular gift. And then I think about all the people who I'll miss if I don't keep walking forward, if I don't keep sharing, if I don't keep trying. And I want to encourage you to trace the journey of your particular gift. So mine started, I think, uh, 19 years old. I started at church speaking on standing on a stool and speaking, giving my sermon in church. And let's be honest, when kids that age are doing anything in church, we applaud them. And we're not necessarily applauding the content. We're not necessarily applauding the quality of what they do, because we have all sat through some terrible programs at churches or at schools, uh, community centers where, where kids were singing off key or they forgot their lines. But what we do support every single time, we support the courage of the young people to stand on stage and to ch- take a chance to sing a note, to memorize the line. We we encourage, we we applaud them for their courage journey. And 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 much of life builds on how much we applaud young people at an early age to take a chance and be proactive and try new things. So that's how I got started. I, I was speaking and doing things in church and then in school, uh, then in high school and then in college. And I talk about it in my book, Leading While Scared, how I became fl- freshman class president at my small Christian college, simply off the strength of a speech during freshman orientation and and just following the gift, becoming an ambassador, a recruiter for the school, working, presenting. I, I was always doing something that had a presenting element to it and eventually majored in communication, doing a master's degree in communication, started teaching um, at the it wasn't a request. The chair of my department told me I was going to teach. So and I remember f- finishing grad school and and my teacher asking me, the chair asking me, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I, I really think I could be a good writer and a good teacher and a good speaker and a good minister all at the same time. Everything is telling me that, you know, you really just got to pick one lane. And at the time, I thought I could be I would be a college professor and get my Ph.D. and know, just teach and build on from that platform. But she said, you know, she she said to me, Dr. Delise Stain, and I talk about her in my book, Leading While Scared. She said, if anybody could do it, you could do it. And I and I felt like in a in a little way, going back to a little kid being in church and having people applaud the courage, even if even if the content, even if the quality of what I was presenting wasn't the best. 
having people applaud the courage. Now, now don't get me wrong. I was a good teacher. I was a good teacher. I loved it. And, and I worked hard at it and I was coached through it. The chair of my department coached me through what it took to be a good teacher because she was a fantastic teacher and she was hard on me, man. She was hard on me, but, but I loved her for every minute of it because it really stretched me and allowed me to see what I could, what I could give to the world. And I thought I was just going to, I was going to be a professor and then, you know, work everything around being a professor, but that wasn't the journey of the gift for me. And I finished grad school. I took a job working for the university. I worked for an NGO for a little bit. I went back to school to do theological training, uh, became a pastor. And, and and what most people don't know is that around the time that I started in full-time pastoral ministry, that that's, that's when I started speaking publicly. So as a paid professional speaker. So I I started in full-time pastoral ministry, pastoral ministry in July, in July of 2012. And in February of 2013, I got my first full legitimate speaking gig at the University of Louisville. So these, these, these parts of my life and my professional journey have been hand in hand ever since. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll be, a career pastor now and build everything from that vantage point. And then I had people saying very recently that the next stop for me in the journey was to pastor a very large church or to become an executive uh, overseeing other pastors and ministry leaders. And, And something about that just didn't sit well with me, just didn't sit right. Now, I know some people that's their aspiration and that's their goal and they're even positioning themselves for that, but that just wasn't it for me. And I started to hear these tones and messages of what life would look like next in terms of training, in terms of coaching. I would do trainings for churches and people would say, man, you should do this full time. And and they've been saying that for a couple of years now. So just been following the journey of the gift. And now the gift has me as a full-time entrepreneur in the leadership development space and keynotes and workshops and leadership coaching. This is the sweet spot for me right now. So if you need any training or any coaching, if you need some leadership development for your, for your staff or for your team, volunteer or not inside, outside the church, faith-based education, corporate, nonprofit, send me a message, Pierre at PRCQuinn.com. And we can talk about what putting together a program looks like for you. And I can, I can, I can give you all the standard stuff, my, my, my speaker kid and, and recommendation letters and all of that standard stuff. But, but yeah, and we could just talk and, or maybe if you're trying to hire a speaker and you don't know what to look for, I can help you out with that too. Pierre at PRCQuinn.com. And I can give you some information about that. So but on this journey with my book, Leading While Scared, and in many ways, the book Leading While Scared was part of the catalyst to make this journey. And, and I am also on a book tour. Yeah, I guess we're calling it a, a book tour, a book tour. I'm working with Melissa Jakes of Rescue Event Planning, and I'll put her link in the show notes as well. We're on a book tour. We started in D.C. We had a great time at the Eaton Hotel in Washington, D.C. at the launch of the book tour. And on December 9th in the Baltimore, Maryland area, we will have the next stop in the book tour. And I'll everyone who attends gets a signed copy of my book, Leading While Scared. 
And I'm bringing some friends to talk about their leadership and life journeys and how they are facing their fears and living with courage. And then I'm going to give you some practical content that you can implement as you're thinking about uh, finding the courage. It's the Find Your Courage Tour. So in December, we will be in 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 the Baltimore area. In January, we will be in Orlando. Uh, in February, we will be in Atlanta and then we'll have the tour dates as well. You can check that out on my website, PRCQuin.com. I believe it's the find, find Your Courage Tour, but the link to that will be in the show notes and you can buy some tickets to the tour. Or if you just want to give a donation or even sponsor one of the tour stops or all of the tour stops, it, it, it'll be an opportunity for you to do that. Now, D.C. was great, folks. D.C. was great as we were just walking. What I, one of the things I loved about D.C. and the book tour and, and about speaking in general and especially my style of speaking, which is quite interactive, is having people in the room. And that aha moment when you realize you're not the only one that feels the way you do. You're not the only one with fears, with apprehensions, with with baggage from when you were younger. You're not the only one walking around with imposter syndrome. You're not the only one that's struggling uh, to become better at at something. And we had plenty of those aha moments and the people in the room were able to draw strength from each other because of the journey. They realized that they were all on a, on a journey, not just in the journey in the in the room, but the journey of 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 realizing that other people are struggling too uh, in certain areas. So I want to invite you December, December 9th, in the Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland area, there'll be links to it in the show notes. You can check that out and buy a ticket for the Find Your Courage tour. Yeah. So just just want to encourage you. Just want to encourage you as we're transitioning from 2019 to 2020. Again, the best gift that you can give to the people around you is a better version of yourself. And this is not just uh, people who need some of you have amazing ideas and you need to start your own thing. And some of you, that's not that's not what you're called to do right now. Some of you just need to be better in the lanes that you're already in. You, you got to figure out what does it take for you to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better mother, to be a better wife, to be a better sister or brother? What does it look like to be a better teacher, to be a better administrator? What does it look like to be a better leader in the areas where you're already living and working and playing? That That's the key. The best gift that you can give to the people around you is becoming a better version of yourselves. And I, and I love, I, I'm telling you, I love motivation and I love inspiration, but it's also practical. It's also practical things that you need to do. And one of the practical things that I outlined in my book, Leading While Scared, is how you really need to measure and take stock and what you're what you're filling your plate with. Especially in the cases of entertainment, I know I talked about this several times on the podcast, but it's really, really important to me. And are you are you filling yourself up with things that are ultimately tearing you down? So in one of the chapters of the book, I talk about the show called Unsolved Mysteries that my family used to watch when we were kids and the show scared the daylights out of me. I mean, it just it scared me. And it was one of those crime drama shows where 
they would introduce you to a heinous crime and tell you all the things that happened. And and then at the end of the particular segment, they would let you know that the person that they're looking for is still on the loose. And then they put a sketch of their mugshot on the screen and they'll say, if you've seen this person, if you have any news of their whereabouts, call their number on the screen. And I remember as a little boy sitting there and watching and thinking, wait a minute, this person is on the loose. What are the chances that they could be outside the window or standing in the street at the street corner or by my car? And and I remember there were several times watching the show that I would be scared to go to the restroom because I didn't know if I was going to see that person in the bathroom or around the corner. I mean, just just scared, just scared. I remember we were watching the show week after week after week after week. And every week I would still be scared. And and a simple shift, a simple change would have been going to a different room, watching something else, not allowing my mind to be carried away by that show and ultimately fill it, filling me with more fears than I was already struggling with. And we're, we're, some of us are very similar in terms of our leadership capacity. It's being destroyed by the things that we fill up on. So we spend our time watching reality dramas or uh, situations of people having a hard time or, you know, just slapstick comedy over and over again. That's providing you a temporary temporary release, but not putting you in a position to grow. So what can you what can you change in your diet, especially when it comes to entertainment? What are the things that you can f- fill up on that are positive, that that are of of, of that are noteworthy, that are virtuous, that that, you know, are pure, that have some good things attached to them and see what that looks like in the areas that you're trying to grow. I mean, you can't you can't really focus on being a good family if you spend all of your time watching the stories, uh, both real and scripted of troubled families that I mean, you, you, you can't, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible for you to be a good leader. If you spend all your time watching people who struggle and making, making a good difference in the areas where they are called to lead, it's, it's not going to work for you. So, so take stock. And this is one of the things that I ask people to do in the book. And hopefully you got a copy of leading while scared. Hopefully you got a copy of Leading While Scared, How to Find the Courage to Keep Going. I ask people to take an inventory of the things that they consume as it relates to their entertainment. What are the shows you're watching? What are the social media accounts that you're following? What are the things that you are taking notice of and filling up on? And how are those impacting your ability to lead? Because a good part of this is that you got to quit something. You have to quit something and you got to make the determination of what of what you're going to quit and how that's going to change your life. So as we're transitioning from 2019 to 2020, I just want want you to take some inventory of the things that you're filling up on and asking yourself what you need to quit as you go on this journey of being a better version of yourself for the people around you. And that's going to make a huge difference, an incredible difference as we shift from 2019 to 2020. Hey, I, 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 I quit my job. I quit my job. And that's not for everybody. But what is for everybody is figuring out what you need to quit so that you can be in a better position to do what you're called to do.
Hey, that's all I got for this episode of the Leading Well Green podcast. For our next episode, we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming. I'll have a guest to, to come on and talk about their life and about their leadership journey. And you want to pay special attention to that. We've had some great conversations over these past hundred episodes with people who are leaders and influencers and change agents, people doing great things. And they've pulled back the curtain and shared the ups and downs of their story so that you can learn, so that you can grow. And that's what we're going to continue to do. So until next time, take care and God bless.